We are back with another episode of the High School Transcript. This is your host, Mr. Flannery. And I'm Mr. Wimpenny. And today we sat down with uh, Gabe Aguilar. A senior here at Lakeside High School, former water polo basketball player, now doing cross country, about to head off to Air Force Academy in Colorado. Stay tuned. Other workout. High intensity like workouts for half an hour. You okay. Know? You're like maxing out pull-ups, maxing out push-ups, sit-ups, doing like sprints, and then you still got to run a mile. Yeah, why do they always say they're running for the end? Yeah. <laughs> I did the the sheriff's test in uh, L.A., mm-hmm. and they always, and they say the mile and a half for the end. I was like, why couldn't we do this earlier? Yeah, and then the crazier thing is, like, in Colorado, that's where the Air Force Academy is. When you go do your test up there, it's, like, way harder because down here, if you can run your mile in seven minutes, it's going to take you at least 730 up there because of the altitude. Oh, that's You don't right. get as much... Airflow, Your lungs yeah. Don't work as good. It takes you a couple months to get used to it. Cause I saw you, I saw you in the weight room. God, what was that like? It was back in November, like fall, November, right? No, October, yeah. October, okay. Yeah. So it's so it's still pretty warm outside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say because running in the cold, that's not easy either. Yeah. I mean, what I've been doing to prepare <clears throat> for it is I just run with my mask on, and really, I feel like that kind of simulates the low oxygen. Okay. Even though they say that you don't get, even though they say you get the same amount of oxygen, it mm-hmm. feels way harder when you're running with a mask. Yeah. So. Are you running with like a one of those training masks that has like? No, just like a little surgical mask. <laughs> Dang, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's dedication. Yeah, but I, I like ran into a big roadblock because you're right. I did that test like in, at the end of November. Yeah. And then I went to Mexico for pretty much like a month because. My grandparents got sick. We were taking care of them and stuff. Mm-hmm. I got so fat because I was eating tacos de barbacoa, <laughs> pozole, menudo. I'm, I probably got down to like 160 for that test. And I came back from Mexico weighing like 175. I gained 15 pounds. <laughs> How long were you in Mexico? For a month. <laughs> 15 pounds and all? Yeah. Freshman 50s, no joke. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, man, if I get into the academy, I'm going to fail boot camp because... I'm be too fat, you know? <laughs> so I, I've been, like, starting working out again. But I, I joined cross-country. and That's a smart decision. Yeah. When I yeah. barely started, I thought, oh, why does everybody say this is so hard? It's, it's kind of <laughs> easy. Like, yeah, I'm not the first one to finish. I was, I, I was still toward the end. But what I'm trying to say is, like, running the long distances was easy. Like, four miles, okay whatever yeah if you're just if you're doing it just to get in shape i mean it's just like go at your pace get in shape and aim to increase your pace and then they started doing speed training and then hill training and i got shin splints and i was like okay now i know why it's hard (laughs) because once you get the the stress injuries yeah from like repeated repetitive motion yeah and i'm just like how do how do you do this like you really have to because your body can do so much Mm -hmm. but you have to purposely limit yourself or else you're going to get those type of injuries, like the shin splints, the knee problems and yeah. all that. You can't, you have to build the muscle first before you go out and run four miles. Are you still dealing with those right now? Uh, yeah. The shin splints? Yeah. So have you, have you have you not run? I haven't ran the meets and then I've just been running on my own. Okay. Yeah. How far, well, how far are you running like on your own? Uh, right now? Yeah. Just like a mile. Just a mile? Yeah. That's the, and that's the test, right? It's yeah. only one mile? Yeah. Okay. What else is involved? Like what is the... I guess expectations as far as like pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, like how many? Okay, so in the test, I barely, 
I barely ranked as an average. And what that means is, okay, so they have like this weird, it's like oddly specific t- portion of the test where you have to throw a basketball. And pa- That's and, the ball you guys need. Yeah. yeah. Throw and a basketball? Throw a basketball. Like you go on your knees and you throw a basketball. So huh. I don't know the purpose of this, <laughs> but from what I've read online and like all the forums and stuff was part of it is like, yeah, there is some tests that they can do in terms of measuring like how much force you can generate with mm-hmm. just your upper body. That and, makes sense. And like technique. It's kind of like the, the what's that thing called? The shock? Shot put. Shot put. Shot put. Yeah, 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 like there's a technique involved in it right. aside from just like brute force. Yeah. You know? But even shot put, they're able to like spin like right? spin and get you, momentum in their yeah. legs. But I think the basketball from your knees, that you, you get nothing from your lower right. half. Yeah. Yeah. But the other part of it is that one, like working out isn't going to make you good at that. Literally just practicing. So really it's just a way for the academy to see like you practiced an arbitrary thing that mm-hmm. we told you to do which is pretty much what you're going to have to do when you come here. Like, you're going to have to say yes, sir, because we tell you to say yes, sir. <laughs> you're going to have to eat at 7 in the morning because that's what we're telling you to do, you know. Dang. So that's what I – that's kind of, like, the big lesson that I got from that. And I got a pretty good score on that. It was easy for me because I've been playing basketball. Yeah. So, like, I just envisioned, like, throwing a full court pass with one hand. So it wasn't too hard. Then the next thing was, uh, what was it? I think it was, oh, the pull-ups. Okay. So their average was 12. Now, pull-ups is that, so I'm trying to. Pull-ups with okay. your palms. Palms facing, facing away. away. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I always get those confused. Their <laughs> average is 12, and I got 11, which I was pretty mad at myself because I thought I could get 12, and I was getting 12, like, training, but. But then Mexico, dude, 15 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and I, I'm like, dang, that's so crazy. But in, um, like, in when you go to training, they get you to 18. Like, that's the base level. Okay. Which, which right now seems crazy to me. But if you ever see, like, when the Marines come, they well, come yeah, and, and then again, you can't compare Marines to the Air no, Force. No, they've been Marines, doing it for a while. And Marines are like, that's, they're a big, they're really big on physical fitness, yeah. but well, be, that's what all the ROTC programs are, right? Is all that, that, that that's the, Marines. There is our there is Air Force. Air Force yeah. Oh, there is Air yeah. Force ROTC. There's, okay, so like, a, it's like really the paths are really different when you're talking like enlisted versus officer. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like enlisted, you're focusing more on like, I guess doing the quote unquote dirty work, and you got to be fit and all that. Whereas the officer route, like, yeah, you have to be an athlete and fit and all that but you also have to have the leadership capabilities and the it's more intellectual than it is mm-hmm. uh physical whereas enlisted i would say it's the other way around from what i've heard i've never done it <laughs> but <laughs> you're and, going for officer right yeah okay yeah i will well I'll, I'll go into that a little bit later okay <laughs> so and then <laughs> it's like a big mess or stuff oh see i have i i don't know a whole lot about like air force army navy stuff like the recruitment process and all that like my dad was an army reserve and that's my extensive knowledge yeah my brother was an rotc does that count rotc <laughs> what, what <laughs> college which, which rotc no in high school <laughs> oh in high school oh, okay <laughs> yeah so like to become an officer there's like multiple different routes you can take so you can do um like officer training school, officer candidate school, 
all the different branches have like their different acronyms for it. But basically what it is is you you go through college all, all on your own, you know, and you graduate, you apply to become an officer. If you're qualified, you go to six, I think it's six weeks or eight weeks training program to become an officer. Like that's what uh, Mr. Fosmo would do mm-hmm. in the National Guard. Like that's why he'll be away sometimes in the summer. Yeah. And that's like it, all it is is just a, a training program and now you're an officer. But there's also two other ways, which is ROTC. And ROTC works in like a lot of different ways. But basically, it's the Reserves Officer Training Corps where you get trained as an officer in college, while in college. So when you graduate college, you're not only getting your diploma, but you're commissioning as an officer in the military. Because to be an officer in the military, you need to have a diploma. Mm-hmm. So that one, you can still pay for college out of pocket and do ROTC simultaneously. But usually you sign your contract while in college at the very latest, like by senior year. And once you sign your contract, you'll get some type, they'll help you out with some type of money with your tuition. Or if you know you want to be in the military, you can also apply for ROTC scholarships and basically the they'll pay your full tuition to whatever college you want to go to. So is there a catch with that? Yeah. You have to serve afterward. <laughs> well, aren't you, <clears throat> I mean, you're already, a, a, I guess, applying to go serve afterwards anyway, right? What you're saying is if you, you know, you get your degree and you go into the military, then they'll help you with like, I guess, student loans and stuff like that. Yeah. So basically with ROTC, the catch is you serve afterward. Okay. So eventually like you have you sign your contract while in college like that's the whole point because if not you should have just done like ocs and just go to officer training program after you graduate if you're already planning on paying out of your own pocket you Mm -hmm. know but with rotc it's like you're basically killing two birds with one stone because you don't have to do that whole training program afterward you just commission right away oh wow and like with the the with their national scholarship, you apply as a high schooler, and if you get it, like there's been people from around the area, they've gone, they've got full ride scholarships to USC, from like the Navy ROTC or the Army ROTC. So there's the Navy, the Naval ROTC, which is for Marines and Navy. You got the Army, mm-hmm. and then the Air Force. Yeah. And which one are you going into again? Air Force. Air Force. Okay. Yeah. So I was considering that, but then. The third option, and this one's like the least common one, just because it's not there's not as many spots available for it, are to just go to the service academy. So like the Naval Academy, West Point, or the Air Force Academy. Okay. And there's like a big process into that. Like Rowan's trying to go to the Naval Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just about to mention that, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, I remember her talking about that. So you're, you're doing the Air Force equivalent of what she's Rowan's going to. Okay. Yeah. So you're doing the Air Force Academy. Yeah. Well, I already got in and all that. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. dang. Congrats, dude. Yeah. So, you know, I'm... You know, it's an amazing opportunity, basically full ride. Uh, you know, I still haven't made my decision yet, but I do really like that option. And uh, Where is it at? Colorado Springs. Okay. Yeah. It's Colorado's like, nice. Uh, uh, Colorado. I, I've only been there three, I think three times. I've actually never been there, but it sounds, it sounds it's, nice. It's nice. It's a really nice, like, just, it's very scenic. Yeah. You know, it's it's not California, so it's not overly crowded. Well, because my goal is I want to be a pilot, so okay. So like mm-hmm. I'm already taking my, uh, I'm already like training for my private pilot's license. Mm-hmm. I already have like, uh, I'm halfway through. Okay. So be, oh dang! By the time I graduate, I'll have my private pilot's license. So like I'm already flying planes right now, but 
the reason I chose to go to the Air Force Academy is because I was considering the other two, and I did get a nomination for West Point as well. But if you want to fly, like definitely your best chance is with the Air Force Academy just because so many of their training, pilot training seats are available to academy graduates. And Mm -hmm. if you want to be like a naval aviator, like what Rowan's trying to be, then that's a whole different story than, yeah, go to the Naval Academy or or be part of the Navy or Marines, you know. Now, are you looking for like a a military career, like until retirement, or are you doing like like set amount of years and then kind of go into like the private sector or whatever? So that question is is like kind of scary to me (laughs) in the sense that if I do decide to go to the academy at 18 year old at 18 years old I'm having to think about my life at 30 Mm -hmm. which is weird because essentially I'm gonna give the Air Force my 20s you know is that how okay so that's yeah for the for the pilots the commitment is very lengthy so I personally I don't know. I'd have to join and see if I like it because for mm-hmm. some people, they absolutely love it. They're okay with having to move every couple years and they like the that type of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's worth it to them. I, I don't know. I can't make that judgment for myself yet. But from the way I'm thinking about it now, I would do my 10 years of active duty, which is what they require for pilots. Mm-hmm. And then if I want to get my retirement right now, I'm, I would probably just do it 10 years in the reserves because then that way I could just work out of Riverside in, Air, in the Air Force March Base. Oh, March Air Force. Okay. March Air Force yeah, Base. Yeah, yeah, around the 215. Yeah. Okay. Because the way I'm thinking about it is like I don't really want my kids to be have, having to be moving around a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by the time I'm 30, like I hope to have kids. And I don't – by the time they're in grade school, I wouldn't want them to have them move around a lot because I've – that's really hard on them, you know, having to leave their friends. And I feel it it probably affects their upbringing a bit. I think know. it's affected several. I mean, we have students on our campus that have mm-hmm. been yeah. moved around, and, and some of them because of military family backgrounds. And I think it has that effect on them. So I think that's I think it's smart that, yeah. you know, you, you're saying that you're going to give them your 20s um, and that when you join, you have to already think of your time at 30. Yeah. Um, I think that's what you're doing right now, though. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously thinking that far ahead and not wanting your family to move, I think is is, is a wise decision. Yeah. Um, if you're going, so to clarify, because I'm I'm a little bit confused. Um, if you're go if you go to the Air Force Academy, mm-hmm. um, and that's your decision, is that you fully committing to your twenties, or you, it would be after the f- after graduation? So you, after graduation, you don't obviously uh, with the Air Force Academy, like you go your four years, mm-hmm. and then you would commission as an officer afterward and if you're qualified like you can be a pilot or go to medical school or whatever you want right but uh while you're at the academy you don't actually have to sign your contract to enlist afterward until um i okay so at first i thought it was after your freshman year but i've been told now that it isn't until after your sophomore year so at the very least you you have one year to to see what it's like before you have to make that decision so you don't go into it blindly, like having to sign the dotted line. Mm-hmm. You at least get to you experience it for two years. Experience then. it, yeah, mm-hmm. for two years. Freshman, yeah. that uh, yeah. that's cool. That's yeah. a cool. That's a good opportunity. So that that's kind of taking a lot of uh, pressure away from me because one, I haven't seen the school in person yet, and I'm not going to be able to because of COVID. So oh. if I do decide to go, 
my first time being there is going to be when I report for boot camp, which is <laughs> really scary to me. And I'm like, okay, and now imagine if they're making me sign 14 years of my <laughs> life away at that very moment on June 24th. I don't know, you know. That's, but, a, that's a tough first impression. <laughs> yeah, but now that I'm more informed and I know I at least have one year yeah. to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And if I realize, like, I do not like this environment, then, you know, people are going to judge me for leaving or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, it's my life. I can, Oh, yeah. I sure. can, there's there's no way you can – yeah. but even if you do leave, there's – and I may be guessing, but I highly doubt you're the only one <laughs> that has ever left. Yeah, exactly. So – it happens. People go and experiment. That's that's what you do in your twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, if you decide to leave afterward, like let's say you sign your contract and then you decide to leave, then there's a lot more implications with that because one, they can do a couple of things. They'll make you pay back the academy education, which is really expensive. It'll, after all four years, it, it equates to around half a million dollars. Wow. So you don't want that type of loan, that type of debt. <laughs> And then the other thing is they might still make you serve in the Air Force, but as an enlisted now. Hmm. So pretty much once you sign your contract, let's say I sign my contract and then like senior year rolls around and I realize like, I don't want to do this. Then the smartest thing for me to do would be just finish it and then just pick a career that would only require me to serve five years afterward. Mm -hmm. Because the pilot pilot career is what requires you to do 10 years. But if you just become like a an officer for something that doesn't require further training, mm-hmm. then your commitment is five years. Okay. Yeah. Which five years after college, if I'm being honest, that's not bad at all. I, and it's like, it's, it's a job. You're getting paid pretty good for being 22 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Probably really well for 22 years. Yeah. I was, yeah, <laughs> was going to say, it's almost like, <laughs> you look at it sports wise, probably mm-hmm. finished college around 21, 22 ish. Yeah. After four years. It's like you're a free agent at 27. You're still in your prime. You can go do something exactly. that you still enjoy doing. Yeah, and I mean, you have a you have a <clears throat> bachelor's of science degree. Yeah, whatever you got, you have the five years of experience. So it's not it's not a horrible situation to be in at all. Mm-hmm. Now with the pilot thing, I feel it's only worth worthwhile to do that if that's really what you want to do. Right. Because now you start getting into five more years of commitment. Mm-hmm. In my case. I've already flown before, and I know that's what I want to do. I, I mean, I love it, so that doesn't really scare me that much. What, what is it that got you interested in it in the first place? So, ever since I was little, I was really interested in astronomy. So, hmm. I knew a bunch of constellations. I had this teacher in fifth grade who really got me into, like, like astrological events that happened. So, like, oh, mm-hmm. on May 3rd, you'll be able to see Venus with the naked eye or whatever. Like, that type of stuff. I'm not into that now. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I kind of let that die down. After you didn't see Venus. Yeah. <laughs> no. But, or which on a side note, the names of the constellations are so dumb. Like, like, Oh, that's Orion. It looks like a warrior. I'm like, I looks like a stick figure, man. That does not look like a warrior. But anyway, so I was really into that. And my parents would get me like a telescope for Christmas and, I had like NASA posters in my room and all that. And then I was like, I want to be an astronaut. That would be so cool. And then as I got a little bit older, I realized like, heck no, I'm not trying to be in a space shuttle for months. <laughs> yeah. Especially now that their big endeavor, big endeavor is a Mars. 
They're mm-hmm. saying it's going to take 21 months round trip. I don't yeah. know. I wouldn't, first of all, being away from my family, f- being away from Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Not even, like, I don't, they, may, they can make contact, right? Is there? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I don't, I don't know much about space or, or astronaut or. Yeah. And then. NASA. <laughs> the other thing is, what if I don't like the people that I have to spend the next 21 <laughs> oh months with? Oh my gosh. You know? You could like them at first, but 21 months with the later, same five people, in like. In a confined space. In a confined space. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to hate each other by like month four. And then I was, I was like really claustrophobic too. So just the, <laughs> even if the space shuttle itself is roomy, just the thought of me not being able to escape that space shuttle hmm. is so, I get, I get claustrophobic even being like in a place with too much trees just because I can't even see the sky, you know? So D- does that affect <laughs> like being a pilot? Okay. So that's <laughs> that a lot was, of people, was, a lot of people ask me thinking. that. And here's the difference. It's kind of, it's kind of like a paradox or whatever i don't know I don't, i'm not smart with that type of words but uh, <laughs> me too <laughs> it's but it's like you'd think oh it's like a tiny little cockpit mm-hmm. you'd get claustrophobic but it's the opposite because you can see everything okay i could i could see oh that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like the top part is clear so you can see yeah okay and the difference with space is it's a vacuum it's dark you know <laughs> mm-hmm. so you know you're you're trying to compare like rivers and mountains and clouds and all this beautiful scenery with a void. Black. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to do that. And that's not even getting into the health issues with being an astronaut. Your mm. bones deteriorating and yeah. all that. So I basically realized, okay, I don't want to be an astronaut, but I do want to be a pilot. And then middle school rolled around and I realized I couldn't be a pilot because I have horrible eyesight. But that was just something I told myself because it's not true. Oh, okay. But because I had this really mean middle school teacher who, who was asking us, like, what do you guys want to be? And I was like, I want to be a pilot. And then she was like, you should pick something that's realistic to you. And I was like, okay. Well, joke's on you because I'm flying a plane right now. So I flew a plane to this podcast. And I was just, <laughs> It's true. It's in the back student parking lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Parked on top of our new solar, solar panels. <laughs> I'm sure that was probably like an old requirement of like you had to have like good eyesight. And yeah. Nowadays, it's probably a lot e- easier. Yeah, it's because you have so many corrective yeah. surgeries that you can do. And and e- even to be a civilian pilot, you don't have to have a corrective surgery. You can fly with your glasses. Obviously, with the military, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. But even in the military, there's still ways to fly if you don't have perfect eyesight. It's, it's, so isn't there some sort of like radar or am I just watching too many movies? Well, you, uh, you, you have a lot of tools <laughs> that assist you in the cockpit. I'd imagine with when you get to like really highly technical military aircrafts. But what I mean is like they'll pay for your corrective surgeries okay. or put you through treatment, whatever. It's only a problem when you get to actual like eye diseases. Like mm. if you have astigmatism or, mm-hmm. or your cornea has problems. That's where the problem is. But if it's just a refraction error, yeah. then that's fixable with a LASIK, is that LASIK or yeah. other other surgeries. Okay. Yeah. But Interesting. I wanna I wanna kind of rewind, if you will, because I know Mr. Wimpenny asked, "What was it that got you interested in the Air Force in the first place?" Okay. Um, 
I know, okay, this is going to sound really dumb, and this isn't my main... That's not true. That was the paradox comment. That one's <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna This is going to sound really dumb, and it's not my main reason now, but the initial thing that got me really interested in the Air Force was I was like, I don't want to fly a giant airliner. That's boring. I want to fly okay. it. these cool jets and, and these bombers and stuff that are flying at mock speeds, and, you know, I don't want to fly bunch of crying babies and Karens on an airline. You don't want to work for United Airlines? No, no. (laughs) Southwest? (laughs) Even though they get paid way more. (laughs) (laughs) And you get free travel. Yeah. Uh, And obviously... He gets free travel in the Air Force jet, too. (laughs) Obviously, now I'm more realistic about it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if I decide to go to the Air Force, I definitely consider going to an airline afterward because, you know, you... You see a lot of these pilots from the Air Force, they're, they're in their 10th year of their contract. They're making maybe like 80, 90K, and then they go to Delta, and they're making 250K the next year, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, But anyway, kind of backtracking. So that was the first thing. Like I just wanted to fly really cool aircrafts. And then the other thing is I'm definitely interested in like being an officer and serving in the military. Mm-hmm. That That's also like... At the end of the day, when it comes to the military, what everybody that's been in it has told me is you shouldn't do it for the money. You shouldn't do it for the travel because that's a lie. <laughs> you shouldn't do it for uh, you shouldn't do it for anything that seems too good for to be true. At the end of the day, you have to do it because you genuinely want to serve your country mm-hmm. or else it's not going to be worth it and you're going to be miserable. So at the end of the day, I told myself, yeah, I'm like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'll be okay with serving my country because the possibility does exist of them telling me, hey, you're not pilot qualified. You're going to have to become a intelligence officer or you're going to have to do something else. And I have to be okay with that. That's, yeah, that's kind of what they told me for teaching. Don't do it for the yeah. money. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's back-to-back, that's back-to-back guests that we've had on here that are both interested in some sort of aviation. Mm. <clears throat> you, last time was Jack. Wimpenny, you and I are going to take, like, a vacation here in, like, 10 years, and they're going to be our pilots. <laughs> Doesn't we get a discount? Uh, we I better get a discount. Free, free, free flights for life. Free flights. <laughs> um, what, what kind of preparation did you have to go through, like, at the high school level to kind of get to that point of, like, deciding, like, this is what you wanted to do? So, luckily for me, I did pretty good throughout most of high school to where when junior year came around and I decided I wanted to, wanted to do this, I didn't have any roadblocks of like, oh, I didn't take this class or I wasn't involved in the community. I didn't play sports because most people that are going to the service academies, they know they want to go pretty much by the time they're freshmen or sophomores. But I was kind of a late bloomer when it came to that decision. And in terms of preparation, you definitely have to be like top 10 percent of your class. You have to have a good SAT, good ACT scores. Uh, this is for the Air Force Academy. Part, Air Force right? Academy, yeah. yeah, and it's it's the same for Naval and mm-hmm. West Point. Mm-hmm. You have you have to be involved in your community. You know they want to see people that have three hundred, four hundred plus hours of community service. You want to do sports, be physically fit, have some type of leadership in your uh, in your school. That's the type of things that you're interested in. And you have to seek a congressional nomination from a congressman, senator, 
So it's it's like a pretty big deal. It's pretty hard to even become qualified mm-hmm. to get to be considered. Mm-hmm. You know, so you need all that just to become considered. Just to be considered. Application. Yeah. Holy cow! And like for example, in my class, there was only nine thousand, like eight hundred kids that were actually considered that already had all those things, and only a thousand two hundred got accepted. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's it's not it's it's pretty prestigious. Yeah. 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 ASU, you just had to write your name on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got welcome e- aboard. I think I got an e- I got an email from UCR. That's about it. You got an email. From <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was no there was definitely no congressman involved in my application process. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously the the physical <clears throat> fitness portion. Right. And then you have to do a medical portion where you get a bunch of medical exams and all that. Mm-hmm. So now, w- would you talk to like the recruiters that would come on campus and stuff like that? No, nah, because so it was, where did you get all the information from? Myself, okay, myself, and I did. Ha- Mr. Fosmo helped me out a lot too. Yeah, I ran into you and Fosmo, and you were working on that that physical fitness test. Did you seek out Fosmo because you knew he was uh, ar- army? Is he army reserve or is he national guard? National guard. Yeah. Okay, he's gonna get mad at me for that one. Um, <laughs> Or were you already, because he's the band teacher, were you also in band? So, I've been in band all four years. Okay. Um, that's actually where I got, like, the leadership aspect for my application. Okay. But in terms of, uh, you know, my relationship with him, he's the one that got me to even apply to the academies. Because, okay, my mindset was, oh, well, I kind of want to be in the military. I'm going to just do ROTC. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of was like, are you doing that? That's so dumb. You could you could make it to a service academy. I'm like, you mean like the Naval Academy, West Point? Nah. You kind of have to be good for that. <laughs> you have to have like the military heritage. You have to be three-sport athlete. Whole different beast. He's like, no, you can do it. You have the grades. You have the leadership. Of all of, all of the students that I've taught, you're probably up there with people that would be qualified to do that. So I start my application, and the whole time I'm kind of just doing it, like for the fun of it, because I'm like, you know, I don't really believe that I can make it. Mm-hmm. But the whole time he's like pushing me, like, yeah, like, all right, now, now let's let's train for your physical fitness test. Now let's do this, let's do that. Then there you are. The whole time, yeah, like, but you know, I should have trusted him from the beginning because he's been a military officer for years now, so he obviously knows what type of individual mm-hmm. you need to be to make it to that right so if i thought he was kind of just being nice yeah and saying like yeah i see that in you kind of like when you barely start playing an instrument and your parents are like wow you sound so good <laughs> you know i thought he was giving me like that type of treatment but as i look back on it now like he genuinely he genuinely believed in me and knowing him he's not the type of person that's gonna push you to do something that he doesn't believe you can achieve. Yeah, I, I yeah. get that sense too. Like yeah. if, he, if he tells you you can do something, he means it. He he means it, and yeah. he really sees that in you. I think that's a super cool dynamic that you two have. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it it was also just years of men- mentorship from him because obviously my freshman year, he was my teacher, mm-hmm. but he's one of those teachers where you don't come in and dap him up like you would a Mr. Flannery or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Okay. Mr. Okay. F- Mr. Fosmo is about 
I guess, you know, he's not like super strict, like like military aspect, but he he's definitely about respect. Like you're gonna call him Mr. Fosmo, not Fosmo. You're gonna show up to rehearsal on time, and he builds this dynamic with you of like respect, you know. Mm-hmm. But over the years, as he's, I, I'm sure he saw me like as a high achieving student. It it became more of like a uh, friendship now. Yeah. So it's it was pretty cool to have that because my parents. No military heritage at all. Mm-hmm. You know, they their knowledge of the military was like mine. Yeah, they, <laughs> they're like their knowledge of the military was like, oh, I saw Private Ryan one time, and everybody <laughs> dies in it, so I don't think you should do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's funny though how you mentioned that about Fosmo because my interactions with him have been, are very different. Um, I you know. I don't call him Mr. Fosmo. I'm, just like, hey, I'm yeah. just like, hey, what's up, Foz? Yeah. And, he, like, <laughs> and so like when he's like, when you say, hey, because he, he has that military background, right. he's going to be called Mr. Fosmo. He's going to demand respect and he deserves respect right. for what he has done. So it's just funny to me because I'm like, oh, what's going on, Foz? Like that. And then, but he's one of actually the most, how do I want to word this? He is subtly one of the funniest people I've ever met. Oh, definitely. <laughs> he is, but he will not let you see that. No. He's always like, uh, so a, a big moment, like one of the coolest classes I had in high school was jazz band. Okay. Which was at 6.20 in the morning every day for zero period. So most people cry about 6.20 world history or AP US <laughs> history, but... Now imagine having to take your instrument out and go through a high-intensity rehearsal with Mr. Fosmo at 620. But, man, it was some of the funniest (laughs) moments of all of high school. And that's not even his best because one of his famous lines is, just wait till you graduate and then I'll give you my real content. (laughs) Oh, no. I can imagine that. Yeah, Yeah, he's, he's funny, but you... You definitely have to have that trust with him because, you know, especially nowadays. He also, he loves to bag on anyone that is not Utah. If you're not, if you're not a Utah Utes guy, he's going to bag. He's (laughs) giving me so much, so much uh, talk this year because the Utah Jazz are killing it. Oh my God. Is is he from Utah? Yeah, he's from Utah. Okay. I thought he just went to college there. No, he's, he's from Utah. Oh, okay. He, um. Yeah, he he's always like the Jazz are still number one in the NBA. You Who's know? your team? Lakers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Once we hit the, I'm a Laker fan. Once we hit the playoffs, sorry, Fosmo, but yeah. we know what's gonna yeah. happen. When we get AD back, we'll be good. Yeah, yeah. we'll be fine. Yeah. Let 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 Fosmo have his time in the sun during the regular season. This is all I'm gonna say about the Jazz. First round exit every year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except when they go against the Thunder, man. They they were killing them the last couple of years. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I'll be honest. Until you said Lakers, I had no idea what sport you were talking about. <laughs> Shows you how much people pay attention to Utah, huh? I'm not a sports guy. <laughs> what do you think about that, Fosmo? <laughs> They're pretty. I I can respect Utah though. They have a pretty pretty good sports program, basketball and yeah. football. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Utes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They really, really do. Um, you had you had mentioned um, you know, leadership, physical activity, um, intellect as part of the. You know things you need to qualify for the Air Force Academy, but you also mentioned community service, right? And like three hundred plus hours. So with um, do you guys remember the old uh, career center uh, teacher, uh, Miss uh, Miss Barame? Barame, yes, yeah. Miss Barame. 
she was telling me how it's like an unofficial plus, but you should aim to have at least 250 hours for the service academies because they want to see somebody that is just completely Mm well-rounded. And with me, it was so easy because I've, I've been a ref for the Youth Lancer League. And oh, for football? No, for uh, basketball. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I had the option of getting paid They because the refs are paid because you have to train to be a ref, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a pretty hard job to do. But at first, my, uh, my freshman year, when I was refing, I was getting paid, and I made like $2,000 for the whole season. Yeah. How how long was that season? It was about like 10 weeks. 10 weeks? What mm-hmm. uh, is it like? One day a week. One day a week during the school year, summer? Or what? Yeah, it was uh, finishing first semester going into second semester. So your your I winter. Could, I could look into that for yeah. a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once a week. Yeah, because it just depends on how many games you did. But if I was doing seven games, which is like 10 hours, mm-hmm. uh, you're walking away with like, almost $200 for the day. But then you turned that into community service. Well, okay, so then my sophomore and junior year, Mm -hmm. I realized, dude, I don't need the money. You know, my my parents pay for everything for me. You know, I I still live at their house. What I really need to pay for, dates with my girlfriend? Nah, she can pay for that, (laughs) you know? (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) We don't endorse that statement. <laughs> <laughs> but which one? The, which which statement? The girlfriend statement or her paying for everything statement? <laughs> I, I was just kidding. We split everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but not, not anymore. You don't. She doesn't pay. For, she doesn't pay for anything after that. <laughs> nah, she's, she's gonna laugh. I told her I was gonna make a joke. All right. Get <laughs> <laughs> it. Get it back. I had to ask for her permission. <laughs> I had to ask for her permission. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, babe, can I make this joke, please, please, with the cherry on top? <laughs> oh, no. She's from not to Flannery. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, I realized, like, I'm going to get way more use out of my time with community service because, you know, what's more valuable to me right now, the $2,000 or a potential scholarship in the future? Yeah. Well, now I sacrificed $4,000 for a half a million dollar education. So I would say it's a pretty I'd say good that's a, trade-off. That's a pretty that's, good trade-off. Yeah. yeah. Pretty solid. Yeah. So you know what you're doing financially. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what other other than the, the basketball? Because like I said, how many how many community, community service hours are you graduating with? Um, I Like 500. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I highly doubt all those came from basketball. No, I did. Um, <clears throat> I volunteer a lot at my church. Okay. So I, I ran a lot of... Uh, in the summer, like, we had youth programs where they'd come and, and we would run, like, sports for them and, and give out, like, food and crafts and stuff like that. So I did that for a while. And then in band, like, all our all our band events in terms of raising money, fundraising, all that, I was able to get community service hours. And then a cool thing about me being a musician is I was able to use my music to get a couple community service hours opportunities. So I played, like, at a like at veterans day events and stuff like that so it was a pretty well-rounded uh community service portfolio yeah i, I was gonna say it sounded yeah. like because you you mentioned basketball then you'd mentioned you know the church um where youth group was sports so it sounded kind of sports heavy but then in transition into music, music yeah that's super cool mm-hmm. that's a very diverse 
background of community service. Yeah. Um, and since uh, sophomore year, up until like a couple months ago, I was working at In-N-Out too. Stop it. Yeah. The one right here off of Elsinore? Yeah. I was like, a, like at 25, 30 hours a week. And I never got free burgers. <laughs> never got a free burger. I do remember seeing you a couple times. You're a big In-N-Out guy. Dang. Yeah. Getting called out. I, me getting called out. He saw me and I still uh, didn't get a free burger. Uh, like, Well, I wasn't. I usually, I worked the registers like at first. But then when they saw I was the best worker in the whole world, <laughs> they started putting me on making the fries and stuff. Because usually they would, they need like three people for that. Okay. But there'd be sometimes I'd be doing all three jobs alone because I was fast. And so you don't work there anymore, though. Nah. Oh, I'm not going to that in and out. Yeah, it was a, uh, it wasn't uh it wasn't anything like bad. It was just I wanted to focus on the academy, mm-hmm. getting into that, and then I wanted to start going to flight school. It, my first time flying, it was it was pretty cool because I fly out of French Valley. Okay. In uh in Temecula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. I was. I always like whenever I think about the beach. I think one hour over the Ortega's on the seventy four. Yeah. You know? So yeah, we're flying for like maybe 10, 15 minutes, and we're in Dana Point. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? We live so close to the beach. No wonder you want to fly. Yeah, <laughs> like I get every day. We're so much faster. The, yeah, we live so close to the beach. Yeah. So close to the we beach. We really do. If it wasn't for the Ortega's, every house in Lake Elsinore <laughs> would be worth two million dollars. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Ev- yeah. absolutely yeah. if well, it wasn't for our our lake it would also be worth <laughs> a lot of money <laughs> if that if to our left looked a lot nicer <laughs> but then again every city could say that oh if our town was cleaner every house would be two million dollars <laughs> what kind of uh planes have you flown so far so i've flown uh a cessna 150 which is like a little two-seater it's just think of like your most basic cheapest plane are these like propeller planes? Or? Yeah, it's a okay. propeller. Like okay. this plane, if you fill it up all the way with gas and you're with an instructor who's a little bit more on the heavier side, <laughs> it won't climb as fast. Uh-huh. It'll take a little longer to, to gain altitude because <laughs> it's so little. Mm-hmm. And also, with when you're flying a plane, you have to control the level of the nose right so if your nose is up you're going to gain altitude if your nose is down you're going to lose altitude eventually when you get to altitude you want you want to um, couldn't you just put the bigger instructor in the back and the nose will go <laughs> well, up well it's they're side by side in the 150 oh, okay. yeah so um eventually once you get to the altitude you want you have your trim so you trim the elevator on the back which is the part of the tail that moves up and down mm-hmm. so you trim it so that basically you can leave your you don't have to constantly hold the, it's called the yoke, like the handle. Your pl- your plane just naturally stays at the altitude that you want it. So hmm. you, you trim that. But all it's doing, it's like a little wheel. You just turn it. All it's doing is just adjusting the, the elevator on the back of the plane. Well, this plane is so light that if you lean forward with your <laughs> instructor, it'll push the nose down. If you lean back with your instructor, it'll push the nose up. It's like a roller coaster. Yeah. That's... <laughs> It's it's funny. <laughs> and then I've flown the 172, which is a four-seater. And now this one's is your pretty standard, like, training plane. Mm-hmm. You know, you can fly with people in it. You don't really have the problems that you do with the 150 of it being too light. And then I've also flown. So both of those are high-wing planes. So um, 
you know, like your, all your airliners and stuff, those are low wing, but the high wing planes, you have the, they're like on the top of you, right? So have you ever, have you ever seen like uh, a high wing plane? Like, do you guys, I, or like, what do I you probably have, I guess I, I just don't recognize the difference. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't know what it's called. Yeah. So what you're, cause what you it sounds like you're saying is, so based on where the wings are on the side of the plane, um, the high wings are going to be, like you said, above the the cockpit, I guess, technically. Yeah, exactly. Watch. Yeah. Those are the ones that fly out of, um, so where my parents live, right in San Diego at the bottom, Gillespie mm-hmm. Field. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's, is it like a private airport? Yeah, like private a, airport. That's yeah. exactly what they fly. Yeah. So it's yeah. like your, your private planes and stuff like that. Okay. And then your low wings <clears throat> are like your typical plane. Or like what most people think about when they see a plane, which is the wings that are just under the cockpit, or like maybe nope. maybe I guess when I see a normal plane, I feel I feel like they're like even, like centered, right? Even, okay. Yeah. So like when you f- when you fly a low wing, you can see the whole plane, the whole wing. Like when you're flying in an airliner, mm-hmm. you can see the- if you're sing- sitting on the window seat, you can see the whole plane. Yeah. When you fly a high wing, you only see the bottom of the wing. Okay. Yeah interesting yeah so i've also flown a uh, low wing they're called the diamond mm-hmm. a, it was a, the model was like a diamond eclipse and that one was pretty cool it's it's pretty sporty but it's a it was a lot harder to to learn and it costs more money to train on that have you ever learned a seaplane no oh that'd be cool yeah. <laughs> the landing on the water one that's yeah <laughs> i want to like i can barely ran, land on a runway man <laughs> I don't think the water would be a good idea for me right now. I was going to ask, have you had any, like, super nervous moments? So. Or any oops moments? <laughs> so when you barely start flying, the flight instructors, they give you a pretty big safety safety net, obviously, because, yeah. you know, you go from driving a car on a two-dimensional space to flying a plane in a three-dimensional space so you can move in all your directions, right? And this uh, this one time, you know, I was starting to – get the hang of it more and I was learning my landings a little bit better and my instructor was he was like all right I want you to do this landing all by yourself and I was I said I did the setup terrible you know I was like didn't know what I was doing and I was just waiting for him to intervene and like fix it and he wasn't I was like and I was getting so nervous I'm like man we're about to crash the plane <laughs> and I was just kept looking over I'm like sweating I'm like I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what I'm doing and then it probably, if I was off to the right of the runway, I wasn't even on the runway. I was over the grass, maybe like 80 feet above the ground, you know? And then I just couldn't fix it. He's like, are you going to fix the plane? <laughs> and then he like just intervenes and he like <laughs> lands the plane perfectly. And I'm like, I didn't know what I was doing. He's like, what if you were in the plane alone? Would you have just landed it in the grass? I was like, I would have not flown if I didn't know how to land it yet. He's like, how are you going to learn if you never do it alone? But yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was funny. Trial by error. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm, I I can f- pretty much, I feel comfortable flying alone unless it's really windy. Once it gets really windy, it's it's kind of scary because you you're having to make a lot of corrections from the to the wind. So if, you're, if your wind's like hitting you from the right, and you're trying to fly to the right, mm-hmm. you can pretty much just leave your handles, the handlebars, like, level, and it will naturally fly to the right. But then that that's a big problem when you're trying to land because now you're having to add a lot of left 
aileron to correct for your uh, crosswind. Right. And now your plane's, like, coming in like this. So then you got to step on your rudders to, to, like, straighten it out and all that. So it's there's, like, little margin for error. I'm so glad that I chose just to drive a car. (laughs) (laughs) My gas is on my right. My brake is on my left. And I have the steering wheel. <laughs> I failed my driving twi- test twice before I passed it. <laughs> what all your your yeah? Light, what about yeah? Your... What about the pilot's license? Um, I have my student pilot's license right now, which means did I'm you pass a... that the first time? What did you pass that the first time? So you you kind of just apply for it. Oh, okay. You don't have to pass the test because when you have the student pilot's license, you're flying with an instructor the mm. whole time. Yeah, an instructor that's not going to help you land. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> do it yourself. I have a different <laughs> I have a different instru- instructor now because. Can you imagine doing that with Fosmo? Can you imagine if you were in the plane with Fosmo at that moment? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but um, the way it works is right now I'm medically cleared and I've passed all my trainings to where I can fly alone now. So right now I'm flying. I'm going to be flying alone and just be practicing, you know, the how to fly alone. Right. And then once I pass all those trainings, then I'll be able to take my test for my private pilot's license. Once I have my private pilot's license, I can pretty much fly whenever I want mm-hmm. to wherever I want. Obviously, you have to do certain paperwork if you're trying to fly like internationally and stuff. Right. And I can fly my friends and family like mm-hmm. s- yeah. legally. But I but you the only t- friends. friends <laughs> yeah, <laughs> friends. Yeah. <laughs> the only the only like condition is you're not allowed to charge to, to fly your friends and family because you're not qualified to do that. You're not allowed to yeah. charge? Because then at that point... Did you hear that, Wim Penny? Because he's like not a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you don't... Because you're not a... You're not <laughs> a commercial <laughs> pilot. So it's at that... You're... That's illegal. Like, because yeah. now you're flying passengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like doing something without a license. Right. Interesting. Now, I'm curious. When you go to the Air Force Academy, mm-hmm. um, and obviously Air Force, are you going to... You're going to have to learn how to skydive too, huh? Um, I would assume. Yeah, so for definitely that's a portion of pilot training. But in general, the way summers work in the academy is, Mm -hmm. you know, most colleges you get like seven, eight weeks off in the summer. But in the academy, your summer is split up into three blocks. And each block is between two and three weeks. And you have to do training. So like after your freshman year, you can choose to go to parachuting school where you learn how to skydive or you can learn how to fly gliders. But um, that's sick. Yeah. Sorry. That, I, yeah, I, I, it's I, pretty, that's they that's have a sick. lot of cool opportunities. Like after your junior year, you can you can travel a, abroad to another military academy during the summer or now uh, it's a I assume it's a U.S. base, though. Um, no, so it, not necessarily like you can go to like the French military academy. Oh, for wow. the summer <clears throat> for like two weeks in the summer just to see how they do the things. Obviously, it's like. Yeah, you know, you're not going to go to North North Korean military academy. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. That would be pretty scary, man. If yeah, you're going to hang glide right out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that's what's pretty cool about the academy, too. You stay active during the summers. You actually only get between two and three weeks to, act, to go with, home to your family and, and do whatever you want. Now, yeah. does all that start this summer for you? So, if I go, I'm going to report to Colorado Springs on June 24th. Ooh. I'm going to do basic cadet training, which is boot camp for the academy mm-hmm. cadets. Mm-hmm. 
And if you pass that, then you're officially a cadet at the academy. Yeah. Dang, so you only get like a two-week break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take advantage of it, my man. Uh, Especially apparently with your summers and learn. It's cool. Those are those are really cool opportunities it's, that it's you a, have during the summer. But it's also nice to get a summer break. It's definitely a diff, completely different experience. It's not for. It's not for your person that's looking for their typical college experience. It's not for me. Which might include, you know, <laughs> a little bit of, a little bit of parties here, a little bit of, you know. College things, yeah. That's ASU. not gonna that's happen. <laughs> no, no YOLO type of living. That <laughs> man, that's such an old phrase. I can't believe I just said hey. that. <laughs> so you said paradox earlier, so yeah. well, you tried to say paradox. You tried to. Like, <laughs> yeah, the no. academy is gonna hear this podcast. Be like, you know what? We take that back. Bro. <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't use paradox. I thought we were getting an intellect. What is going on yeah. here? <laughs> I think it. it, it to me, it's it's extremely admirable that you're willing to do that because, like you said, that is not for your average person, especially yeah. especially a student your age. When I was your age, even now, summers. I, I loved, like, I got to have my summers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got to have them. Yeah. But then the other thing that's really making me like that, this, going to the academy, is I just got, ex- I've been getting accepted to colleges, and every time I open my financial aid uh, statements, and it says that I have to pay 40k a year. I'm like, you know what? The academy is a great choice. Because <laughs> I do not have to pay that. Yeah, Gabe, I, I, um, like I said, I'm really, really glad that you came down here today because I have next to zero um, knowledge of, of military background. Like I said, my dad was in the Army Reserves, and that's about all I know. I don't even know what he did. I just know he was in it. <laughs> um, but. You know, as we kind of transition here, um, we do have one one question that we always like to ask our senior guests. I'm gonna allow Mr. Wimpenny to do the honors. Well, we always like to ask, like, what what advice would you give to like a freshman that's coming in, or anyone that's interested in possibly military or anything like that? So the biggest piece of advice would be, okay, kind of like a long response is, if there's any time where you can try anything, it's high school. Like I. Played basketball, water polo, uh, did cross country. I uh, was in band, jazz band, did a bunch of clubs, worked, community service. And it's like now is the time when you can do that because you're living with your parents for the most part. You don't really have any financial responsibilities. And it's. No, those are, those are on yeah. your girlfriend from what we were told. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's just like. You know, you're never really going to have that again because even in college, yeah, you have all that liberty and freedom and stuff, but you're still kind of tied down with the financial responsibilities of your loans. So I would say try everything and excel in it so that you can keep as many doors open for you because most people aren't going to know what they want to be their freshman year, sophomore year, even their senior year, but you don't want to ruin your opportunities by closing doors you don't want to get to the point where you're a senior and a military recruiter comes up to you and tells you hey son have you thought about joining the (laughs) army and that's your only option now you know or it makes they make it seem like it's your only option anything that you do has to be a choice that you made from multiple choices Mm -hmm. right because then if you're going into something because it's your last resort you're never going to be happy doing it like if 
my only choice was to go to the academy, I don't think I would go as comfortable because mm-hmm. I would feel obligated to do it. So, yeah, try try everything and, and succeed in it. You know, it's like the high school is so easy. <laughs> high school is so easy. We'll, you know? we'll, we'll cut that out later. <laughs> because no, I'm just kidding. He's not wrong. He's though. not wrong, though. Not wrong. It's hard. Like, yeah, you learn hard <clears throat> subjects, but it is so easy. You know, you have all this stuff of, like, we have an hour of homework for all AP classes. Dude, that is such a lie. Was that your impression of something? Of someone? <laughs> was that was that, like, you trying to impression, like, or do an impression of someone who's complaining? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, like, so impression is not on your skills list, <laughs> on your resume. They're, they're, they're like, I have like eight hours of homework a day. Like, that is so such a lie. If you get off your phone, then you don't have a lot of homework. For the, you know, and I'm not one to talk. I know there's teachers out there that are listening, that are hearing this and saying, hey, you never did my homework, though. <laughs> but uh, but what I, basically what I'm trying to say is like, you know, don't. There's a, there's a saying that my dad always says, which is, no te en un vaso de agua, like, don't drown yourself in a cup of water. And I feel like a lot of high schoolers do that. You know, they, they let their situation worsen, uh, make it worse than ha- what it actually is. And a lot of times it just takes making that first step. How, how was that said again? Uh, like in Spanish or English? Well, English was don't drown yourself in a cup of water. Yeah, no te en un vaso de agua. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little slower. <laughs> no, no te ahogues en un vaso de agua. No te ahogues en un vaso de agua? Yeah, don't no, drown yourself. I knew most of that. Yeah. I got agua. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like that phrase. Yeah. I've never heard that before, and it's very powerful. M- my dad has a bunch of funny phrases because he grew up on a farm. Well, not really. Like, basically his whole – he grew up, like, in a rancho, which is, like a like, that old, like – for me yeah, yeah yeah so they don't even talk like regular people everything is all saying <laughs> they're like you gotta grab the bull by the horns and hit the nail on the head and it's raining cats and dogs you know and it's like dad i'm getting changed like what are you <laughs> <laughs> and it's like what i what i'm really trying to say is i love you son it's like okay so how did those how did that translate to i love you son you know that's how my dad talks sometimes he'll be he'll be Pulling these crazy sayings, I'm like, look, I love you, man, but I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. that's that's too fun. Yeah. Well, Gabe, again, dude, I I so appreciative that you came out here today, and honestly, I want to thank you for what for what you're gonna do in the future. Thank I know you. I know it's an early thank you, but yeah. it, it is just so admirable, dude, and I praise you thank you okay so um yeah it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you it's been great yeah yeah you know take care enjoy the rest of the senior year as much as you can and then do your best to yeah you know get your two weeks of summer i guess <laughs> yeah thank you guys for having me and also thanks to all the lakeside faculty that have helped me through this journey i really appreciate everybody and you know I'll always be a lancer so thank you guys that's what's up yeah <laughs> take care guys see ya Make sure you guys drop us a follow on Instagram and Spotify at High School Transcript. And be sure to keep an eye out for our new episodes as they're released every Wednesday and Sunday. See you guys next time.